0: Episode seven.
1: Oh, that's an interesting question. I don't know that I ever expected the political nature of this job as much as it's been uh, what I've experienced. Just the fact, you know, at Leiden, we serve seven different communities. And so as the superintendent, that means I need to get to know seven mayors, seven police chiefs, seven fire chiefs. I have two state senators, four state representatives. So there's just so many different lenses and relationships to, uh, to take care of. I didn't anticipate that before becoming a superintendent. Welcome to District Leader, a podcast about moving and inspiring educators and non-educators alike to believe in the power of education, its leaders, and its transformation, with your host, Luis Valentino.
0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to District Leader. Thank you for joining us. My guest today is Dr. Nick Poliak, superintendent of the Leiden Community High School District Number 212 in Franklin Park, Illinois. Dr. Poliak holds a doctorate in education leadership and supervision from Loyola University of Chicago, where he received the Phi Delta Kappa Outstanding Doctoral Dissertation Award. He holds a master's degree and chief school business officer license from Governor State University and he holds a bachelor's degree in mathematics and secondary education from Augusta College. Nick began his educational career in Lincoln Way High School District Number 210 as a high school math teacher and tennis soccer coach. He has served as dean of students, assistant principal, and director of instruction and staff development. He then began his superintendency in Peoria for the Illinois Valley Central District Number 321. Dr. Poliak is proud to lead an award-winning school district. Over the past few years at Leiden, the district had received many honors. They were named the 2014 National Advanced Placement District of the Year by the College Board. In addition, the district has welcomed over 2,000 visitors to learn about teaching and learning in a one-to-one environment. And we talk more about that during our conversation. Leiden School Boards support and Vision for Digital Transformation was recognized with a Magna Award from the National School Board Association and a Digital Content and Curriculum Award. Both Leiden High Schools were recently named Illinois Democracy Schools. Leiden has also been named to the 2014 and 2015 Top 100 Workplaces by the Chicago Tribune. I am very excited to have Nick on today's podcast, but before we chat with him, a little business. This episode is being sponsored by Audible.com where you get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash districtleader, by Isogenics, one of America's leading health and wellness companies, and by WiredProfiles.com, Education's Daily Digest. And now, my conversation with Nick. Nick, I'm very excited to have you as a guest on District Leader. Welcome.
1: Thank you very much. I'm honored to be here. Well, thank you.
0: Uh, As you know, District Leader is a podcast about leadership, education, and the stories that leaders such as yourself uh, share with our listening audience about the work that you do, including your successes and challenges that you have faced. But it is also an opportunity for your listeners to learn more about you. Are you ready?
1: I am. Absolutely.
0: Okay. Nick, I shared your bio with our listeners as context for a conversation earlier. Can you tell us something about you that is not in your bio?
1: Sure. I, uh, I suppose I would start and say that I grew up in, uh, in Joliet, Illinois. I've lived in Illinois my whole life. Joliet is the home of the Blues Brothers. Oh, yes. I started off as a high school math teacher and coach. Now I've been a superintendent in both central Illinois as well as suburban Chicago. I've been married to my wonderful wife, Kate, for 16 years, and we have four fantastic children.
0: That's fantastic. Thank you. Now, I also understand that you are the co moderator of hashtag SoupChat, which is the national Twitter chat for superintendents. That's very interesting. Can you tell us about that?
1: Yeah, I'd love to. Uh, My my colleague, Mike Lubelfeld, is the superintendent in Deerfield, Illinois, and he and I together co moderate SoupChat. It's a chance once a month for superintendents across the country and really across the world. To come together and discuss relevant educational topics. So, the first Wednesday of every month at 7 o'clock Central, Mike and I host a conversation where we'll get anywhere from 75 to 100, 150 superintendents will come together and, and learn from one another.
0: Wow, what a great resource for not only superintendents, but other educators who might be thinking about the superintendency or want to learn more about the work of the superintendent.
1: Yeah, it, it's been really wonderful. It it, it took off. And, uh, you know, I think if we tried to stop doing soup chat now, people would be angry with us. So it's taken on a life of its own.
0: <laughs> good, good. That's, that's always good. So now, Nick, can you tell us about your work as superintendent and the district in which you do this
1: work? Yeah, I'd be happy to. Um, my school district is called Leiden High School District 212. We're located in suburban Chicago, just outside O'Hare Airport. So if you've ever flown in or out of Chicago, you've probably flown right over the top of our school district. Okay. We have two high schools. We're a high school-only district, so my students are only grades 9 through 12. We have about 3,500 students total. It's a very diverse student body, but we have just amazing kids and outstanding staff here at Leiden.
0: Great. Thank you. Tell us how you made the decision that the superintendency was a career move for you, or what was the what's the what's what's your... Story, your career story that led you to the superintendency.
1: That's a great question. Uh, when I started off as a math teacher and a coach, I think my initial goal was to be a teacher my whole life. I wanted to be the head soccer coach, and that was my my path. I found myself working in a school district that was growing very quickly and um, and had lots of opportunities. And so a mentor of mine encouraged me to apply to be a dean. The dean job led to an assistant principal job, which led to a district office job. Um, And all along the way, as I was going through those jobs, I I finished my master's degree. I finished my doctorate. I found myself as the president of the Chamber of Commerce in the town that I lived in. And I also became a school board member of the town that I lived in. And so I found myself engaged in my community in all these different ways. And I, I really kind of fell in love with the opportunity to lead and be a decision maker. And the superintendency allowed me to move to a position where I could serve more kids in a broader community.
0: And how have you found the relationship between what you had envisioned the superintendency would be and what it has been for you? Well
1: oh, that's an interesting question. I don't know that I ever expected the political nature of this job as much as it's been uh, what I've experienced. Just the fact, you know, at Leiden, we serve seven different communities. And so as the superintendent, that means I need to get to know seven mayors, seven police chiefs, seven fire chiefs. I have two state senators, four state representatives. So there's just so many different lenses and relationships to uh, to take care of. I didn't anticipate that before becoming a superintendent.
0: Wow. Hopefully later when we talk about... Um what advice would you share with the listening audience and we talk about educators uh, in particular, how the the learning for you uh, about the politics around the work uh, it would be great for you to share a little bit more when we get through that's okay Nick, as you know, beliefs and values have always informed great educational leaders, um, there are three pillars in particular that, that I have pulled, that I use uh, in my conversations with, with my guests on district leader. One of them is scholarship, the concept of forever learning. Then leadership, the concept that we touch, move, and inspire people into thought, feeling, and action. And agency, the concept that we empower those we serve. Um, now, you might have a different way of describing them for yourself and, and, your, and your team, but but Nick, how would you describe the concept of scholarship in your work?
1: Well, personally, I believe scholarship is changing in the world that we're living in and working in. And we talked about Super Chat just a few minutes ago. But the idea that professional development could come from social media was a pretty foreign concept just even a few years ago. The you know, the superintendency used to learn from one another on the golf course or when you could get to a meeting with other people and now learning and sharing is pretty ubiquitous and you know and and we can connect with folks all the time but in terms of my own scholarship attending conferences um, I'm an avid reader I'm very engaged with professional organizations whether it's my uh, whether it's the the national superintendents group AASA or my local affiliate IASA Um, I think it's important that we never stop learning because this field is changing so fast we'd be doing our students a disservice if we don't maintain a level of scholarship.
0: Very true. Very true. Thank you. What about the concept of leadership in your work?
1: Um, I'm, Lewis, I'm a, a fairly young superintendent. This is my eighth year as a superintendent in Illinois. And I, I view uh, my role with the rest of the folks I work with almost like a Oh, not that I would compare myself to these people, but you often, people often talk about Mike Sheshevsky or Bill Belichick and their coaching trees and all the people that have coached with them, that are now head coaches other places. And that's one of the views I see in leadership is it's our role to develop the next generation of leaders. And so there's a, there's a quote from Richard Branson. He says, "Train people well enough so they can leave, treat them well enough so that they don't want to. And so you know, I, I always want to give my people opportunities to grow and develop as leaders, but I want to make it a really hard decision for them to ever leave mm-hmm. because it's, a, it's such a great place to work.
0: That's, that's good. That's great. Now, what about the concept of agency um, as it relates to empowering others uh, to, to own who they are and, 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 and what they would like to achieve?
1: Yeah, I think agency is a big component of what we do here at Leiden. It starts with our district hashtag. We use hashtag Leiden Pride and that's a place where we encourage our students and our staff to tell our story. We're very upfront when we talk to to our stakeholders about the fact that if we don't tell our story, someone else will do it. And so we get out there and we share everything positive, pictures and quotes and video of what's happening in our high schools, and we all come together and connect with that hashtag. We've taken a major step uh, starting this, starting actually this month, we're going to swear in our first two student board members. So we have two high schools. We have one student from each high school that's going to become a member of the school board and sit at the table with our decision makers at the highest level. And so we're really excited to get that off the ground this year. We just finished some strategic planning where we. Over the summer, we brought together stakeholders that included students and parents, local business members, administrators, board members, teachers, support staff, and gave them all equal voice in helping us set the direction of the district. So I think we look for ways to empower and provide agency to every level of stakeholder in the district. Now, Nick,
0: one of the things I did read about you is your advocacy work around uh, community involvements. Can
1: you speak more about that? I'd be happy to. One of my biggest passions is, is helping students uh, discover that they're part of something bigger than themselves, that we have a role, that schools don't exist in a vacuum, that we are, we're all connected. And so every year um, I say the same thing to my staff at the Opening Institute, and that is that if you're in charge of a group of kids, whether you're a club sponsor, it's fine arts, it's athletics, I expect you to give up one practice or one meeting a year at a minimum and go do community service. Go play bingo at the local nursing home, go rake leaves or shovel snow, find something to do in the community so that kids get that feeling of of how great it feels to do something for someone else. And so I try to use my leadership post to encourage that and build that up within our students.
0: That's great, that's powerful, Nick. Uh, Thank you for sharing that. Now, there are a lot of challenges that you face as as a leader, uh, day in and day out. Um, What would you say your greater challenges are right now?
1: There's two two challenges really that come to mind that are paramount. The first is school finances Uh, in Illinois, and I think everywhere in the country right now, money is becoming harder to come by. And so as resources get tight, you have to make difficult decisions. Um, You have to really look at um, at your priorities and, and make sure that you're using your dollars to best meet those priorities uh, the second is just the rate of change I talked about it when you and I were discussing scholarship and our need to keep learning but the education field is changing so quickly that it's uh, you have to manage that because it can overwhelm people so in
0: in in that vein what keeps you up at night and why <laughs>
1: I think the responsibility of the job keeps me up at night. On the national scene, we're a fairly small district with 3,500 students. But I often think about the fact that we have 600 staff members, 3,500 students, which means 7,000 plus parents. Um, It's just I want to make sure that the way I spend my time and the work that I do is doing right by all of those people because the job I have is a privilege and a responsibility to maximize the opportunities for those students.
0: Most definitely. So now what brings you the greatest satisfaction?
1: One of my favorite things in the year is graduations. Uh, There's a special tradition at Leiden where the principals at each high school select three students And then I get to interview those students and tell their stories at graduation. And so we have our graduations at the Rosemont Theater, which is a gorgeous venue that one of our communities lets us use. And um, I'll say the student's name and they stand up and there's a spotlight. And I get to spend a few minutes telling the story of those individual students as microcosms of the whole class that's graduating. And, And getting to know those kids and telling their stories is one of the most rewarding things because it really it brings you full circle to why we do what we do that's awesome thank you
0: now as you know nick generosity and gratitude are characteristics of transcendent leaders how do you in your work or in your life reflect the characteristics of generosity and gratitude
1: oh i think that that's a really important characteristic of a leader I think that's, uh, that speaks to someone's humility, their ability to build relationships. And so you can do little things and you can do big things. One of the little things I do here at Leiden is I write personal birthday cards to every employee. So I write about 600 cards a year that are just a personal note wishing them a happy birthday and letting them know that I'm thinking about them on that day. Um, and it's, it's a very little thing, but I think it makes a difference to have that personal touch with each person.
0: I think that I, I think that sorry. I think that given your role, it is it, it's a big thing because it's certainly unexpected that someone as busy as you would make time to do that.
1: And you know, my wife makes fun of me because I'll bring home a month's worth of cards yeah. and <laughs> I'll sit and watch TV with her uh-huh. and I just mm-hmm. spend my birthday cards for a few hours. But um, I enjoy doing it, and it means something to me to be able to make those personal connections. That's great, but that's a that's a small. Um, I had the opportunity this past year to go on a mission trip with AASA to the Dominican Republic. Hmm. And we spent over a week there building a school in a small rural community. And while I was there, I was able to do a live Google Hangout back with students in my district. And I really valued the opportunity to not only go do good things for kids in another country who need it, but to model that back for my students and let them see me doing those things that would hopefully encourage them to want to do something similar.
0: Now, Nick, because your job is so incredibly challenging and so busy, how do you recharge and decompress from your work?
1: Uh, Balance is important. Uh, If The superintendency can be a very lonely job because there's only one of you in your district. It can Mm -hmm. also be a... uh, a job that, that soaks up all of your time, if you let it. There's an event going on every single night of the week, if you want to be at them. And so I try to balance. Um, I try to spend time with my kids, take them to an amusement park or, um, or a local park. Uh, I try to go on dates with my wife, as long as she still likes hanging out with me. <laughs> I that. Um, and, and I try to just keep in touch with other superintendents, um, with my colleagues, so that we can... Bounce ideas off one another and, and spend time with each other um, and just, you know, get away from the work and be people.
0: What advice would you have for our listeners, both educators and non-educators, about education in general, your work as a superintendent and the relationship between the work of, the, of a school district and, and, and society in general?
1: boy uh, I would say education it's not an easy job it's a very important job but when I when I think about my career and what I get to do I get to go to work every day I get to make decisions that hopefully make kids lives better and I just I don't I don't know what could be any better than that what could be better than getting to make decisions to improve the lives of kids and so even though the work is hard, and if you ever get to the point, <laughs> I would tell people, if you ever get to the point where the work doesn't feel hard, I think you're probably doing it wrong. <laughs> so you need to mm-hmm. think, think about what you're missing. But even though it's hard work, I sleep well at night because I know that I'm doing amazing things for, for the kids in my communities.
0: Fantastic. Let, let's loop back a little bit, uh, if, if that's okay, because there was something that I had read um, in, in your bio and in your work around uh, learning in a one-to-one environment. As you know, technology is a big deal and some of us are doing it better than others. Uh, some of us are more challenged than others. Some of us are better resourced than others. Can you speak to what has allowed Leiden and you to be successful in the integration of technology in the learning environment?
1: Yeah, Leiden is a, is a unique... School district, our one to one is very unique. In 2012, we became one of the first three school districts in the country to go one to one with Google Chromebooks and Google Apps for Education. So we were handing out Chromebooks to students before anyone knew what they were. And because of that, uh, we've had a lot of national attention. I think to date, we've had approximately 3,000 educators from across the country come and visit us. Uh, just this past summer, we had 300 uh, educators here for a three-day summer symposium. I just hosted the AASA Digital Consortium, along with Mike Lubelfeld, who I mentioned earlier. We had about 40 to 50 superintendents from across the country fly in t- to learn about some of the programs and practices we have in place. Um, I think we've been successful here because we we studied the issue before we jumped in. We built the infrastructure before we ever handed out devices. We provided the professional development for our staff, not only beforehand, but during the implementation. And um, one of the things we always tell other school districts is that you need to be aware of the needs of your teachers, because they're more impacted by a one-to-one than your students. And so putting the supports in place, whether it's instructional coaches they can work with or workshops they can go to. We're just setting expectations that we don't expect you to use this one-to-one every minute of every day. Because And if you are, you're probably doing it too much. But we encourage our teachers to look internally and decide where they are and just try to move forward. We tell teachers all the time, move from your A to your B. And that's different for every staff member. All we ask is that you move forward and we'll put all these supports in place to help you.
0: What would be the advice that you would give a colleague, a superintendent who's looking at one-to-one, uh, wall-to-wall, or a school principal who might be attempting to do the same at his or her school site?
1: I would start by telling them that it's it's important work to do, because it goes a long way towards bridging inequities in your student body. I mentioned earlier we have a very diverse, we have a, a pretty low socioeconomic. Um, base for our student body. And so by providing a device to every student, we went a long way towards leveling the playing field about accessibility to information, accessibility to technology. So it's important work. Uh, You can't lose sight of infrastructure. If your bandwidth isn't going to support what you're going to hand out to the students, it's um, going to fall apart. So you have to make sure you do your homework, go visit other places that have been doing it, like I said, we welcome folks here all the time. I'm sure uh, at some point here I'll share some contact information. If any of your listeners would ever want to come and visit Leiden, we'd welcome them. Um, but do your homework and think it through. The the most disastrous one-to-one rollouts are the ones that happen abruptly and without the proper thought into what they're about to do.
0: And, and unfortunately, that's that, that's all too common primarily because one is sort of pushed into that Environment without having full understanding of the impact of whatever it is that you do, it uh, going to have on students, uh, teachers, ed, uh, and the district uh, in general. So that that is very sound advice. Okay. Thank you, uh, Nick. Sadly, we are at the end of our interview, but before we close. Is there um, a way that our listeners can get a hold of you? There are many who would like to follow up the conversation, uh, especially since you offered an open invitation to them. They can get a hold of you either through your social network, email, um, telephone number, if you wish. Uh,
1: yeah, I'd be happy to. Um, the, the easiest way to find me is usually on Twitter. And my uh, my handle on Twitter is just my first initial and last name. So I'm at N P-O-L-Y-A-K, or they can email me. Again, it's my first initial, last name, npoliak at leyden, L-E-Y-D-E-N, 212.org, or they can call my office. It's uh, area code 847-451-3020. Any of those ways would be easy ways to connect.
0: Fantastic. Well, I want to thank you, Nick, for taking time from your busy schedule, um, and especially now that the school year is getting ready to 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 begin. Uh, so I do appreciate the time and your sharing of of yourself uh, for our conversation.
1: No, it's my pleasure. Thank you. I, I've enjoyed it.
0: Thank you. And that was my conversation with Superintendent Dr. Nick Poliak. A question I did not ask Nick during our interview was about his favorite quotation, but in our conversation offline. Nick shared it with me, and it was quite powerful. It comes from Matthew twenty twenty six, and it reads, Whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. Nick indicated that he applies a servant leadership philosophy to his work, and that philosophy really speaks to what it means to be a leader. Thank you, Nick. Once again, thank you for joining us on today's podcast. Information on today's episode will be available in our program notes on our website at districtleader.net please check out our other podcasts as well. You can subscribe to all the episodes on iTunes from your computer, your tablet, or your smartphone so you can take us with you. And don't forget to tell a friend. Thank you again to our sponsors, Audible.com, where you can own the best books you'll ever hear. To IsoGenics, providing nutritional solutions for weight loss, athletic performance, healthy aging, and wealth creation. And to WiredProfiles.com, with daily education news at your fingertips.